Welcome to the World Resources Institute, first ever podcast. I'm Lawrence McDonald, and I'm delighted to be with Jamshid Godrich. He is the uh, head of World Resources Institute India, a director of the World Resources Institute International, and the uh, managing director and chair of Godrich Boyce, which is the consumer durables arm of the Godrich Group. Jamshid, I could not be more thrilled than to be here in your office and talking to you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Uh, we've had a nice chat before we started recording, and um, I'd like to start off by asking you about the reasons for your passionate commitment to sustainability. And for those who are not in India and don't know, when I think about you and your work, I think it's a little bit as if David Rockefeller and Bill Gates together had been very, very passionate about sustainability. Your products are a household name. Your commitment to sustainability is widely known. The protection of the mangroves that are protecting Mumbai from cyclones is just one of the many things that you've done. Where does this passion come from? Yeah, well, you know, uh, from uh, my youngest days, I, uh, my family was very nature-oriented. And uh, my grandfather uh, bought an estate outside Bombay uh, at that time, it was, you know, very deserted. Uh, nobody went there, but it was a large estate that he bought from a court receiver. And that estate was planned as a green estate. So it was, you know, there were, it was laid out in a way that was environmentally friendly, lots of trees. And as you mentioned, the mangroves, which were a part of our estate, which we basically uh, preserved, you know, and have preserved now for over 50 years since we've had this property. And uh, basically that everyone in the family was so interested in, in wildlife, in animals, in nature, that right from a very young age, you know, I kept hearing about this all the time and I experienced it. And we would on weekend outings, we would go into forests and, uh, and my dad was very keen on sailing. And so I learned sailing as a result of that. So I had a huge uh, love for the sea and for the natural environment. And I think that was the earliest times uh, for me to really get uh, attuned in it. And later on, my uh, father's brother, Sorab, he get, got very involved with the Worldwide uh, Fund for Nature. And he was one of the founder members of uh, WWF in India. Uh, he started WWF. And then through the years, I helped him a lot. And that's how I got involved with uh, WWF. And then later on, because uh, of my involvement with the Confederation of Indian Industry and my interest in environmental matters, I, in, his, in my uncle, my late uncle Sorab's memory, we started the CII Sorabji Godrej Green Business Center, which is in Hyderabad. And there the idea was, again, how can industry uh, really uh, appreciate what it needs to do on energy issues, on environment issues, and those type of things. And so actually, you know, it's been a journey for, a, for, for many decades. Well, and you yourself were the uh, chair of the uh, WWF of India. Yes. Among I'm, your many other philanthropic yes. uh, efforts yes, uh, in supporting currently sustainability. Currently the chair of WWF and the CII, Sorabji Godrej's and Green Business Center which is promoting green buildings, uh, energy conservation, alternate energy, renewable energy, doing a lot uh, on what it can to make a difference in India's uh, in industry's perception of what it can do. You were telling me a story that I think is well known in India, but maybe less well known outside the country, how it was your grandfather's brother who began the business. He trained as a lawyer. What was his first big hit? 
Well, his first, uh, he, 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 I, for whatever reason, he gave up law and went to be an entrepreneur. And I think he dabbled in a number of things, I think. And, but the first product which he was commercially successful with was a padlock. And in those days, you know, 118 years ago, when he started our company, uh, those days, the products that came to India, such as padlocks, were all from the UK. And so he actually developed a product which was better than what was available from the UK and less expensive. And he started building his reputation on that. I'm wondering if there's a link between padlock and security and the fact that all these environmental issues we face now are also issues of security yes, that's and a very, well-being. That's a very good connection. I hadn't thought of that myself. Uh, yes, you're right. I mean, we security became the, the main uh, business for us. So from padlocks, we went into making safes and banking equipment, and he built his reputation uh, on safes that were supplied to the government at that time. And there was a huge fire in Bombay and explosions in the Bombay docks uh, during the war. And all the everything was destroyed. And the only thing that was left intact after the explosion were Godred safes. So, you know, that's, that, that was, again, a very good uh, thing to build his, our company reputation uh, on. And, and the name really stands for security. So you're right. I mean, environmental security and physical security definitely should go hand in hand. And as a part of that security, I read that one of the things your company is working on, I guess, together with um, Siemens and another partner, is the development of refrigerators that are suitable for village use in India and China that are environmentally sustainable, suitable for poor people. Can you tell me more about that? Yes. So, you know, we have been making refrigerators for a long time, uh, but the penetration of refrigerators is just about 20% of households in India. And we were thinking about what type of product we could introduce in villages uh, for them to get attuned to using a refrigerator, saving food, getting the benefits of a refrigerator in terms of cold water and things like that. And we came up with this little product called Chotu Cool. Chotu is small and cool. So it's just a tiny little, it's like a, like a, uh, like a picnic uh, uh, carrier, you know, uh, to keep things uh, uh, fresh. And uh, it's basically powered by a thermochip. And the thermochip we have developed in co- coordination with, uh, with other uh, companies uh, around the world uh, who have really worked in this area a lot. It's a company called Sheetak in, that we've worked with on these thermochips. And the whole idea here is that the refrigerator can run directly from a solar panel. It can run from, uh, your, if you have electricity in your home, you can plug it in and uh, it can run from battery, whatever you want. But the idea is that it introduces people to using a refrigerator. And because it uh, doesn't use any moving parts, etc., it's very efficient as well as being very low cost. So the idea is to get people to start using a refrigerator and the benefits that you get for food preservation. In 2011, I read that you announced that your company was going to work to reduce its environmental footprint by half within a decade. So how is that going? Actually, it's going very well. I think that uh, this, this program that we set up under the broad heading of Good and Green, uh, the idea here was to reduce our footprint. So it's the energy footprint, it's a water footprint, it's a waste footprint. You know, in every way, we want to reduce our footprint. 
we have already become water neutral in our organization uh, in, in the sense that, you know, we, we, we harvest rainwater, we store it, we reuse it. All the wastewater in our entire factory area and all the residential areas, etc., is all re treated and reused. Uh, so from a water footprint, we've already uh, quite neutral. Energy is the next thing. We've already started uh, buying uh, solar uh, uh, energy. We are building uh, rooftop solar. We hope that, I'm sure that we will achieve our goal of reducing our footprint in half uh, by within a decade. And it may happen much sooner. What advice would you have for other businesses in India and more broadly in the world that are considering their commitment to sustainability? Yeah. So I think that, you know, today the situation is that anybody building a new power plant, uh, if it is based on any type of fossil fuel, I think they're going to find that it will be much more expensive to build, uh, to be, it'll take longer, and the results, the financial results will not be as good. So I think the main thing about uh, renewable energy today, especially solar in a country like India, and any other country in Africa where you get you know plenty of solar uh, uh, in in all the you know parts of the world where solar energy is uh, easily available, you will find that not only has the cost come down, but over time you will find methods of storage. So storage hydro uh, hydro storage is one. Uh, there are all types of technologies that are being developed for storage in batteries, etc. Uh, and different. So I think you will find that e from an economic point of view, you know, it is actually going to be better than coal-fired power plants and gas-fired power plants. And I think that the, because of the, the safety issues involved with nuclear energy, you will also find that, you know, you can actually do get all the benefits of nuclear energy if you can solve the storage problem. So it's baseload. The problem, you know, nuclear energy is always promoted as baseload. Whereas you can do the same with renewable energy if you have storage. So, and, and beyond energy for these manufacturing processes, have you found that it's uh, compatible with increasing profit? So I think that is absolutely compatible. I think companies are seeing the benefit of reducing their energy costs, uh, and especially in large uh, energy users such as you know fertilizer and power plants and cement plants etc they have seen huge benefits of uh, energy efficiency and I think most of the benefits to industry will come from energy efficiency I would say about three quarters uh, or close to two-thirds to three-quarters of the benefits will come from uh, energy efficiency and today there are so many well-known ways in which you can intervene you know, on energy efficiency so I think that uh, uh, in every area, you will be able to actually be much more uh, competitive and lower in cost. In addition to running your green and good business here and your philanthropic uh, work in India in support of World Resources Institute, thank you very much for uh, your leadership on that. Um, you also, I know from our conversation, are tracking global climate discussions fairly closely. Uh, there's a terrible uh, inequity in that the big emitters, my country included, historically have created the problem. Uh, India did not create the problem, is now bearing the effects. How do you see India's role in these discussions? Well, I think that uh, you have to look at it on two levels. Uh, one is uh, the whole issue to do with equity. I think you will find that um, uh, <clears throat> in India, uh, very few people actually understand this whole issue of equity. Uh, 
and what historical emissions have done uh, as opposed to what you can do today. And I think that we have to recognize that there are some practical limits of uh, where we can go in terms of equity. I think there is no doubt that the equity argument is very, very strong. Uh, countries have grown, especially the West has grown on the basis that uh, they could, uh, <clears throat> that they could, uh, uh, you know, actually do uh, fast and rapid development on the basis of, you know, uh, polluting uh, industries uh, and but that is historical, you know, there's very little that one can actually do today about it. So, but I think what we should worry about is, you know, whether the West is actually doing enough today. You know, it's not about just reparations of what has happened, but are they doing enough today? And I think that under today's economic and political constraints, uh, you know, people, I think a lot of countries are doing what they can do and want to do more. But at the same time, I think we have to recognize that we have to do as much as we possibly can in our own self-interest. I think there is no benefit to us to have polluted cities. There is no benefit to us to have waste everywhere. Uh, there is no benefit for us to be high consumers of energy. Uh, so I think that, you know, if we do things which are in our own self-interest, I think that is far more important and will go much further than any political argument on equity. Thank you so much. It's really a treat for me to be here and, and get to talk with you. And uh, this is a, a wonderful beginning for the World Resources Institute podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Lawrence McDonald with the World Resources Institute. I've been speaking with Jamshid Godridge. He's the uh, managing director and chair of Godridge Voice, the consumer durables branch of the Godridge Group, uh, the chair of World Resources Institute India, and I'm proud to say a director of the World Resources Institute uh, globally, uh, and uh, thank you again for joining me on the thank show. Thank you, Lawrence.